Welcome to the Agora Network Ministries podcast, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our hosts, the founders and directors of the Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie Gallant, share practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and the stigma inside the walls of the church. Our hope is that through informative interviews with leading mental health professionals and people in the field, and through the stories of healing and transformation, you will find that hope and healing can be found in body, soul, and spirit. To learn more, go to agoranetworkministries.com and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everybody, to Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental wellness and the church. Uh, We like to share stories, hear stories. We like to hear from professionals in the field about mental wellness. And uh, also, we talk to pastors and those that are in the uh, fray of uh, mental wellness and uh, uh, are trying to help the church understand and bring awareness to the mental wellness conversation inside the church. So today we have our guest, Evan Dodge. Uh, I guess I, I can say Dr. Evan Dodge. So <laughs> welcome, Evan, to Hope for the Gora. Good to have you on our show. Thanks, Alan and Bonnie. I'm blessed to be uh, able to join you. Evan, I have to say, now you've made us feel really old because I've <laughs> known you since you were cradled in your mom and dad's arms, and now to right. think of you as a doctor. That's- <laughs> uh, sure, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. We got some deep history. Absolutely. We do. It goes back to 1986 when my wife and I and our little girl, who's the oldest of our kids, were in Machias, Maine. I was an assistant pastor to uh, your dad or your granddad, uh, Mm -hmm. Pastor George Henderson. And uh, we were there for two years as as the uh, assistant and youth pastor to uh, the church. But it was there that we got to know your mom and dad. And, and, um, you know, Bill is, your dad is a, a great friend, a wonderful man. And we so appreciate his uh, prayer and his uh, support for us and the Agora Mm -hmm. Network Ministry. Um, So anyway, uh, we go back a long way. Um, So I don't know, how old were you in 1986, Evan? Well, depending on when in 86 you came, I I either hadn't been born yet or I was just born. You were, yeah, your mama was pregnant. Yeah, so I, I was born in August of 86. Yeah, and, we came uh, in May of 86. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so just a just a few few months after that and uh, and I think your oldest daughter uh we're very close in age, correct? Yeah, she was just born a in few October. months apart. Yep, she was born in October. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So less than a oh, year no. apart, yeah. That's wrong. No. She was born when we went down there. Our son was born when we were in um Machias. But okay. he was born in okay. 87, so July of 87. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's how that worked. Wow. So you're 35. Yeah, we'll be in this coming August, yeah. Wow, man, you're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> I, have the, I have the silver and the gray hairs to prove it. Yeah. Um, if no, I get no. close enough to the camera, I blame that on my, my wife and kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's deserving. You know? When people see a picture of you, 
uh, you have this uh, great full beard, you know, and uh, <laughs> your, your dad uh, didn't have a beard back when I met him, but he was dark and I think he shaved three or four times a day. <laughs> um, so, you know, I often uh, wonder when the people have so much hair, are they born with a beard? You know? <laughs> no, mine came in about seven or eight years old. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, Gavin, it's good to talk to you. And uh, we have a, a good show planned for everybody today. Uh, it's to get to know you because uh, uh, we ask you to become the new host for the Hope for the Agora podcast show. And you graciously said that you would love to do that. So I want people to get to know you um, sure. and uh, we'll discover in a bit, a little bit about what the program might look like on you, under your leadership a little. Uh, but uh, tell us more about yourself um, personally and, uh, you know, in ministry as well, Evan. Sure. Well, thank you both. Um, so as, uh, as we already talked a little bit, I was born and raised in the coast of Maine. Um, moved to New Jersey, where I currently live, uh, in 2009, January 2009, to attend graduate school. I uh, went to Drew Theological School in Madison, New Jersey, for my master's degree. Uh, it was there I met my wife, Amanda, mm. um, and we've been married 10 years this, this June. I've uh, been, to, been together uh, for 12 years. And uh, we have three kids. We have twins who are almost seven, Auden and Amelia, uh, and Beatrice, who is 13 months old. Oh. Um, so Amanda and I just love life with them and um, life in ministry together. Um, I'm uh, ordained in the United Methodist Church. I've been pastoring churches since 2012, um, and I'm right along the Delaware River, um, which is the, the natural uh, border between Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Um, so I've been pastoring churches in the, like the north, northwest corner uh, of the state um, for that amount of time. I'm at a, at a church in Belvedere, New Jersey, where I've been pastoring since 2016. Um, and uh, love, love ministry, um, love being able to serve God's people and to minister uh, alongside them to the community. I, uh, as Alan mentioned, I graduated with my Doctor of Ministry degree in December this past mm, year, uh, December, December 2020. So um, I'm grateful uh, for that and that, that whole opportunity and some of the doors that that has opened up for me. Mm. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, to explore that uh, even further. So between family life, ministry life, um, don't have a whole lot of free time, but in my free time, I enjoy reading. I'm working on a book right now. Uh, we love to, it's been beautiful weather here in the middle of March. Yeah. So we've been out enjoying the weather, taking walks and going to the playground and stuff. So we like to get outdoors. We like to read um, and just uh, just enjoy life together. So. Yeah. Evan, you said you're a, uh you're in the process of uh, writing a book. Mm -hmm. What's the book about? Great. Well, um, I, I can share a bit about um, my doctoral work and research, uh, I think, because that, that has been the impetus for, um, for this book, which will be um, uh, sort of a, a popularized version of my, my doctoral thesis. So uh, 
my whole doctoral project was looking at um, the intersection with Wesleyan theology, John Wesley, who was the primary architect of the Methodist movement, um, and particularly its emphasis on the Imago Dei, the image of God. Mm-hmm. So John Wesley understood salvation as a restoration of the image of God. Mm-hmm. So through sin, uh, the image of God, the image bearer that each one of us is, has been marred and distorted by sin. Um, and so he understood salvation in the terms of a restoration of uh, that image of God, um, which we are then able to to carry into the world. Um, and so I looked particularly at his understanding of that and put that in conversation with inner healing, uh, mm-hmm. which is a field that I've really been interested in. Um, you know, inner healing is really looking at uh, thoughts, memories, things that happened in the past. I, I like one way that uh, Father uh, J- uh, McAleer, forgetting his first name, the way he understands and defines inner healing, which he says is going back and filling in the gaps yeah. in our lives where we did not receive the love and care that we, uh, that we need it. Right. But walking with Jesus back into those moments, experiencing his love and grace and mercy, um, and, and then so, uh, you know, restoring our past um, so that we can live healthy and holistic lives uh, in the present and into the future. Um, so inner healing is, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, prayer ministry, prayer paradigms, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I, I took inner healing and that whole field and put it in conversation with um, sort of trying to see it through the lens of the restoration of the image of God within the individual. Because we really are triune beings, aren't we? Oh, We're yeah. body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and inner healing really um, is soul tending. It's soul care, but it spills out into our triune selves. You know, what goes on in the soul and the, 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 the woundedness or the care that we receive in our soul affects our minds. It affects our physical bodies and all of that. So inner healing focuses on, um, on tending that soul and seeing each individual as an image bearer of God. Um, but we all know that through things we've done or things done to us, that image gets marred and broken. And so someone who is in inner healing and wants to walk alongside that person um, and help them uh, experience the love of Jesus and experience the freedom and the healing uh, that only he can bring. So my book is going to be building on my thesis, pulling bits and pieces out from that, uh, but really focusing on a, a Wesleyan perspective on inner healing and then how to develop an inner healing ministry mm-hmm. um, in one's uh, uh, church, parish, parachurch yeah. ministry, whatever it is, yeah. um, using some theological insights gleaned from uh, Wesleyan theology. That's awesome. I know um, for myself, back when I first heard of inner healing and inner mm-hmm. prayer and all of that, and I'll be quite frank, I thought, Oh, what is all that? Like, really? Sure. You know, I think we just look at prayer as coming to Jesus with um, our wants. Right. Or so, right. and our needs, mm. or inner needs. And the more I've learned about it, and uh, been with people who have experienced it, it's, mm-hmm. it really is that go deeper. It really is going to the throne room, and yes. allowing him to peel back 
in our lives, areas that we probably didn't even know were scarred or tormented. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's incredible. I think that's where true freedom comes. You talk, yes, about, that's right. you talk about the gaps in our lives. And uh, sometimes people don't know these gaps exist. Mm -hmm. And so yes. they need help to go back uh, and uh, discover uh, some people, you know, because they're um, emotionally, uh, 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 um, emotionally wounded, uh, it goes back, you know, in yes. childhood. Um, I remember with one guy that we were working with years ago, um, he, he uh, started to, there was gaps. He went back to when he was in the uh, uh, cradle, when he was in the crib, you know, yes. uh, not as a baby, but uh, old enough, like two or three years old, uh, or maybe younger than that. And it was mind blowing. Uh, so when he allowed Jesus to really unpack those emotions and gaps, uh, we saw tremendous healing in his life. Yes, yes. Um, it's, it's interesting you should mention that, Alan. I just a year or two ago was working with somebody here in the church um, who was dealing with um, feelings of betrayal, of abandonment, of feeling unloved and unwanted, and that was affecting, uh, you, you know, contemporary relationships with his kids and with his wife. Um, and so we sat and we talked about it for a while, and he even said to me that he could remember even, he claimed, almost in utero, right. wow. feeling unwanted. Mm. You know, he was being carried around inside of his mother, but he wasn't wanted. Um, and, and so you can just imagine um, if that is the narrative that defines your life, particularly from the, from the people who are supposed to provide you the nurture, the care, and the stability that you need to grow into a healthy person, right. um, how damaging and detrimental that can be. Um, and, and so that was the narrative that defined his life. And so when it came to relationships, he would interact with people and respond in certain, uh, you know, detrimental ways that he, it was all uh, uh, subconscious reactions, you know, he didn't quite know, but to go back and to open it up and to explore things that happened, even as a tiny baby, as an infant, um, all the way through, you can start to journey with that person. Mm -hmm. And to and to go back to those moments and to really, um, you know, Jesus does does the redeeming. But in a sense, you're working, you're walking with Jesus as he redeems those moments mm -hmm. um, and brings life and freedom. And then you start to operate under a different narrative. No longer is it I'm unwanted, I'm unloved, um, you know, but instead it's there is someone who wants me and there's someone who loves me and that's Jesus. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's, it's, it's beautiful. One of the things I love most as a pastor is to see people get freedom, mm. um, you know, particularly from um, uh, those things that go back all the way to childhood mm -hmm. and they can start to talk about them and experience them in such a way that doesn't cause them to relive the trauma um, it doesn't cause them to have those things and those feelings well up inside them, but instead they can talk about them and they can experience them uh, now with Jesus in the picture. It's a beautiful thing to see. 
Never in our lifetime have we lived through a global pandemic. Depression, anxiety, fear, suicide are at an all-time high. Medical facilities are overwhelmed. Seniors are dying. Lockdowns and churches trying to do their best to minister to those in need. Join Agora Network Ministries May 1st for a one-day live stream experience learning from experts Kay Warren, Dr. Grant Mullen, Brett Ullman and Amy Simpson on specific ways to persevere and find hope. Go to perseveranceconference.ca and register today. Uh, Agora Network Ministries, our, our, uh, our hope is to help people moved, move towards mental wellness. Mm-hmm. What you're saying here, Evan, is uh, uh, what we really um, try to teach, promote, educate people um you know uh the inner healing is so important because many people are stuck spiritually yes and um uh they can move forward because they have either an emotional block a mental block um you know or a physical block that permits permit uh, um, prevents them from moving forward so this is mm-hmm. so important so um, I yeah. look forward to this book and I, I hope for a free one. <laughs> you, you, you'll certainly get, I'll send, I'll send you a couple even. Um, autographed. You know, and Alan, this, this was, if you recall, um, it was my doctoral work on inner healing. I think we had been connected on Facebook as friends for a little while. Um, but when I started to, uh, when I liked the Agora page and started to read more about it. I really wanted to connect with you because I saw, you know, in the, in the, the Venn diagram of your ministry and what I was doing, I saw significant overlap. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to connect with you to hear what you're doing, to see the resources that you had, what you were uh, providing to clergy and to churches around, um, around mental wellness. And so, uh, and, and then now here we are. I was going to mention that, so I'm so glad that we come this far, um, yeah. and now you're a part of the Agora Network Ministries team, and yeah. we're hoping that in time we'll have a significant ministry mm-hmm. in the U.S. and uh, have people like yourself uh, leading the way on on this uh, ministry. So because it's so needed, mm-hmm. you know, yes. uh, it was needed before COVID, uh, mm. needed now, and it's going to yeah. be needed. So much more after COVID because I just I'm working on a message that I'll be sharing with churches uh, coming in the future. And in Canada, they say one in five Canadians uh, suffer with mental wellness or illness. But now because of COVID, it's one in three. Yeah. And our agencies are saying there's not enough services. And so when I hear that, I can get concerned for the church because we have to start talking more about the uh, issues of mental wellness. It's not just spiritual. Uh, That's a big component, Evan, and we know that. Um, But the clinical side of uh, mental wellness is uh, vast and we need to be educated, uh, equipped and, 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 uh, um, get in the field and help people are around us. So, you know, as a pastor in the States, uh, tell, talk to me about uh, the church's um, response to mental wellness, uh, how the pastors are doing uh, from your perspective and what you're hearing. Sure. So 
Um, I, I think a lot of it depends on, at least from my perspective, denominational structures yeah. are, 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 can play a significant role in this. I'm fortunate to right now to be part of a denomination where because of what we call the connection, um, which is the way that churches within Methodism relate to each other, there's a natural network of clergy um, and, and supervisors and resources that are easy to access. Um, and I know that's not the case perhaps in other denominations where their polity or structure is much more autonomous and independent. Um, so I've been fortunate that way, uh, but that does not mean that there have not been clergy in my tradition and in others related to it um, that haven't found this to be a, a difficult time. They certainly have. Um, you know, for it, within Methodism and really within um, several denominations, we know, and I think it's probably the same in Canada, I, I would venture a guess and correct me if I'm wrong, but we've been seeing decline in churches uh, for really two to three generations now. Mm -hmm. uh, Methodism hit its, hit its pinnacle really in 68, 70, and the numbers have been declining ever since. Um, and it's that same way, everything from the Southern Baptist Convention, I think to the Roman Catholic Church, mm -hmm. everybody is experiencing decline. Um, so that was in place before COVID. Um, COVID has hastened that in many quarters of the church. Um, in one way is that's impacted churches is financial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Often in many churches, giving is down um, because people aren't there and, and their regular habitual ways of giving uh, are, are, are not there because we're not in our buildings. Um, and so we have COVID hastening the decline in a lot of churches. We have clergy who are being thrust in situations, uh, Alan and Bonnie, mm -hmm. for which they've had no training. Exactly. Right. I mean, I, I, goodness, I have what, 12 years of college education. I have a master divinity and a doctor of ministry. Right. I didn't take a course on how to pastor through a pandemic. Right. You know, we, did, we didn't have it. You know, you, so you kind of have to figure it out as you go. Um, and for a lot of clergy, that's been a process racked by anxiety, uh, self-doubt. You know, am I doing enough? Am I handling this properly? Um it's very important right now, I think, for clergy to be, you know, to, to use a phrase that's gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of use, but to be a, 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 a non-anxious presence, right. you know, because there's so much anxiety all around us. Yeah. Um, but to be able to be that non-anxious presence and to lead in a healthy way, clergy need a full well, a full reserve upon which to draw, or we're not gonna be able to lead our people well. So in conversations that I've had with clergy around me, both within my denomination and outside, I have many friends from a variety of traditions. Um, we're all feeling uh, tired, burned out a little bit, um, trying to navigate different leaders in our local churches who want to reopen our buildings now, those who want to wait a while, those who don't know what to feel, um, you know, people who are just anxious and worried for a whole host of reasons, whether it's having lost their job, facing financial difficulty, um, not being able to be with their family. Um, so it, it's a very stressful time. Clergy are feeling it. Um, and, you know, Alan, one of the things I've shared with you in some of our conversations is, um, there's a lot of denominations who don't really have an, uh, a mental wellness infrastructure. 
right. or resourcing to to draw upon. I mean, I uh, I've shared with you that in my own tradition in the United Methodist Church, I, I can't think of a particular entity that I could go to right away no, no, with mental wellness. That question, uh, yeah. Uh, Evan, because, uh, you know, in Canada, the same thing. There's not many. There's some, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, people don't know how to uh, really find them. Well, that's it. And I mean, I, you know, I, I get health insurance through the denomination and I get a free, you know, eight free sessions or something a year with a therapist. So I, I can, I can draw on that. I can call my therapist and I, I have a great one. I'm thankful for her. Um, but, but kind of a, something like what you're doing where you can come in and do intentional, um, perhaps long-term or short, short term or medium term, whatever the church needs as you assess their needs um, to, to be able to, to call on you. Um, I, I can't really think of anything else, you know, or any, any other entity who's providing what, what y'all are doing. Um, and one of the blessings of this time of pandemic is that the use of this kind of technology has increased. Yeah. I mean, I know we're all kind of zoomed out and I get tired of, of zoom at times, but it also at the same time, I think has opened people up to the fact that you could have a pastor in Manitoba and then a pastor in Nova Scotia, or then a pastor in Florida, and you're in Ontario, and you can resource them and connect with them and do assessments and provide them with resources to a, you know, a mental, mental health specialist or a therapist or, or another pastor to coach them. Um, that's a blessing. Yeah. Sure. Oh, sorry, honey. No. I was going to say the same thing as that's one thing that we've said through this whole pandemic as hard as it has been not to be able to be personally with people, like we've been off and on once we open and then locked down yes. again and all that stuff, but nothing has been able to stop us via Zoom. Yes, right. It's been so right. cool for us. We've had calls from, you know, Kingston, Ontario, or from the Maritimes out West. And we've been able to resource who we have to yeah. these people. And so we are thankful for Zoom even though we will be glad to get back in person. Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Evan Dodge, a local pastor in New Jersey, and um, uh, we're having a great conversation about uh, what he um, is about and also uh, a book that he's uh, in the process of writing on the inner healing of our lives. And uh, also, um, as I mentioned before, um, Evan is going to be our new uh, host, host uh, for the uh, Hope for the Agora podcast. Um, and uh, um, I'm glad to have you as the host, Evan. Uh, my wife and I are just getting too busy to be able to do this properly every week or every second week. And uh, uh, you have experience and uh, you were glad to um, um, say that you can do this. So talk to us about uh, your experience and uh, what you may bring to the podcast ministry of Agora. Well, thank you both. Um, so I've, I've done podcasts in the past. Um, one of my favorite is uh, with a, a, a couple of colleagues of mine, one in North Carolina and one in uh, Ohio, we would sample different scotches um, and, then, <laughs> and then talk about a theological topic. 
Um, so we don't, we don't do it very regularly. All three of us have kids. And so sometime it'll be 10 o'clock at night and we'll text each other and say, Hey, I got 30 minutes or I'm free. Are you? And so we'll have a little something to drink and talk about it and then dive deeply into Mm -hmm. uh, some theological topic, whether it's, um, you know, uh, something pertinent to what's going on in our world or the season of the church year or something else entirely. So I've really enjoyed doing that and have, uh, have done other podcasts in the past here and there. So I'm grateful to be, uh, to be asked to do this. So um, I, I'm really excited about um, a, a, a couple potential uh, things. One is just interviews. Mm. I am just innately curious I love to ask questions. Yeah. I love I love to talk to other people, um, you know, find out what they're into, hear what their area of expertise is, um, and particularly in this area of mental wellness, this big umbrella, I think, under which you can put inner healing. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and and uh, counseling and pastoral care, all of that. So that that larger field, I'm really interested in. So, you know, uh, we'll have some some folks to interview um, who I think will will be a pertinent to Agora and what Agora's uh, mission and vision is. And um, also interested in, uh, and Alan, you and I had, had talked about this, maybe taking listener questions, yeah. you know, um, and soliciting those now and then and just having an episode where uh, you and I or the three of us uh, just sit and talk, you know, respond to some questions. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. That yeah, we are too. Um, I, I like the uh, uh, just talk part. Uh, uh, you know, I I can share. I, I say to people, uh, I can share about five minutes on any topic, and then I have to shut up because I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it will be good to have you and Bonnie or whoever on the uh, let's uh, take on questions. You know, that's exciting to me. <laughs> Um, but uh, it is to me too you know a lot of people i I would love to hear people call in and uh, talk about maybe even um, their struggle you know what's going on right now and pray with them maybe or whatever you feel is uh, pertinent or important to the podcast Um, uh, but you know what i I want to uh, just uh, ask you as well um, you're a part of, or you know, spirit and truth. Yes. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I'm going to be talking to a number of pastors next week. Um, and uh, I think this is important for Agora to also, you know, connect. Uh, we are, we have been, but I mm-hmm. think it, it going forward, I think this is something that the podcast might really benefit from. Yeah, thank you, Alan, for for mentioning that. So, Spirit and Truth is a real uh, renewal ministry within um, Christians who identify with some stream of the Wesleyan tradition. Um, And so, you know, uh, out of Methodism come a whole variety of denominational traditions: Um, Church of the Nazarene, the Wesleyan Church, the Assemblies of God, and any any Pentecostal tradition really traces its roots back to the Wesleyan uh, movement. Uh, to John Wesley and, and um, uh, his spiritual contemporaries. Um, and, and so within that, that body of believers, spirit and truth uh, was formed to really be a renewal movement um, and to really uh, be intentional about discipleship 
um, and about mission. Um, and so Matt Reynolds, who's a dear friend of mine, who is uh, the president of Spirit and Truth, he's in um, the Dayton, Ohio area. Um, he, he began this movement and it's grown to this wonderful network of pastors and church leaders, uh, women and men who are really committed to, uh, to uh, the primacy of Christ and discipleship and, and really believing uh, that the church it really is going to be renewed through intentional discipleship making and mission in the world. Um, and so, you know, when we had connected about Agora and, and you shared with me a desire to have a presence here in the U.S., um, I felt that might be a great place to start to start mining that connection and that network. Um, and so we had a conversation with Matt back in the fall and, um, and uh, Matt's, we're going to have you on next week, next yeah. Thursday to speak to the pastors network um, and see where it goes. Um, so I, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And perhaps, um, you know, Matt or somebody related to the network um, could be on the podcast at some point and share what they're doing. Um, I am a real, uh, I'm very much convicted um, that, uh, that this is a time, especially um, COVID, I think, has really shown me this, and God spoke to me about this, that this is a winnowing time in the church. This is a time to, to find out who's real. Yeah. Who wants to go all in for Jesus, you know, because so many of the comfortable trappings of church have been stripped away. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that what will emerge from this, uh, my prayer is that it will be a church that is more deeply grounded um, in, the, in the faith and more committed than ever uh, to sharing the faith. And so I think what that means is we work across denominational lines. We bring all sorts of Christians together. Um, we mobilize, we encourage each other, we pray together, uh, and then we go out into the world together. Uh, and so uh, just hooking in with networks and with entities that are already in existence instead of trying to reinvent the wheel or to sort of silo ourselves off into our own camp um, and do our own thing. We are going to have uh, a great kingdom impact if we can uh, do more together. Yeah. Um, and, and I think pastors' wellness, church leaders' mental wellness, um, our ability to lead from a healthy place yeah. uh, will only be bolstered by uh, intentionally working together yeah. and seeing ourselves as all co-laborers uh, in the kingdom of God. Yeah, preach it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> We're there, and we agree with you. Um, yeah. And uh, I look forward to the podcast in the future uh, with you and uh, with your guests. And once in a while, have Bunny and I back, and uh, uh, yes. I'll share some stuff going on with the Gore Network Ministries. But uh, Evan, it's been a delight to have you on today, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll be praying for you and staying in touch with you as we move yes. forward together, and we'll see what God has up his sleeve. <laughs> uh, That's right. I think some some great things, some good I, things, and I've I've got some people in mind and some contacts I've made of people to interview over the next month or two, so we can really hit the ground running. Um, you know, with me as the host, and again, I I uh, I really appreciate appreciate this opportunity and, and um, a, a place where I can really talk about and maybe um, put into practice some of the things that I gleaned 
right. uh, from my doctoral work because inner healing and clergy wellness is really close to my heart. Um, so thank you for the opportunity to be able to I explore that in a more intentional way. Our pleasure. So uh, Evan, have a great day and say hello to your family and we'll look forward to hearing you on the next podcast. Awesome. Thank you both. Thank Bye -bye. you, Evan. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you found it helpful and informative. We are always open to your comments and suggestions. You can contact us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. You can also go to our website for resources, information, and upcoming events. Just head over to agoranetworkministries.com. If you would like to support the work of Agora Network Ministries, including this podcast, you can find a link on our site. We appreciate your support. We pray that your week is blessed. Bye for now.